0: Peyton, I just said, I said, where are you going, Peyton? And she said, I'm getting my blanket for Pete's sakes. No, I said, I'm getting my blanket for Pete's sake. I just said that. No, you said it's sakes. Um, oh, Jesus. Okay, we're moving on. Moving on, people. This isn't what it looks like. Secret series by? You're going to say it? Pseudonymous Bosch, book four, chapter 17, seeing things. Page three two six. Oh. They caught up with Cass in front of the dusty carnival tent. A sign hung on a chain. Clara the clairvoyant that she sees How all. How do people find out about the podcast? I don't know, honestly. I have no idea. I've literally maybe they have to search Um Kids Podcast or like reading podcasts or something like that. I don't know. If you if you found us, how the heck did you find us? Comment it in the comments. Well, we don't really have comments, but you can, like, leave a review and tell us how you found us. That'd That's be women. awesome. That's women. Yeah. Nope. Okay. They caught up with Kat. Uh, the, the she sees all. I'm going in here, said Cass. Then we're going in, too, said Yoyogi. Pietro said that we should all keep you in sight. I'll be fast. I thought you were feeding, feeling claustrophobic, said Max Ernest. That's the kind of condition that gets worse over time. It doesn't just vanish. Ignoring her friends, Cash pushed the heavy curtain aside and entered the tent. She wasn't sure why, but she simply had to go inside. It was almost as if she'd been hypnotized and instructed to enter precisely this tent at precisely this time. Hello, Cassandra. It was the seer. Who's the seer? She's a psychic. Claris, it was... But how does she know her name? Psychic. She just knew. It was the seer, Clara, sitting in her tree stump table in front of the desk of tarot cards. As soon as Cass saw her, Cass remembered every detail of her appearance. As the long, straggly hair, the skin so pale that it was translucent, the eyes unblinkingly blue. Hello, Cassandra. Cass echoed, recalling that hers was the last name and by which the seer was was known. She'd never been able to been so happy to see someone oh my gosh mm. she barely knew this was this wait a minute is this the is this is the a girl this is the seer that name. gave her the the eyeglass uh, in the other world 500 years ago that's how I she knew her name the actual a word and then like i forgot her name but it starts anastasia with no yeah, anastasia. nope her name's um i don't know she's claire clara okay She'd never been so happy to see someone she barely knew. At least her memories were coming back. Of course, it was odd that the seer should be here at the Renaissance for 500 years after Cass had seen her last, but Cass felt a renewed sense of confidence. She was certain that the seer's appearance and everything else would now be explained. It's good to see you again, said the seer. Sit. I will read your cards. She gestured towards the waiting stool. Her ears tingled with anticipation. Cass obeyed. As before, the seer passed a hand hand over her tarot deck and a card flipped over as if by its own volition. A trick all the more astonishing now and the present in the real world. Ah, the Ace of Wands returns, but this time it's right side up. The seer looked quizzically at Cass. You have come to return something then. No, not really. Like what? Did I not once tell you something that must be returned to its rightful owner? Cass Struggled to recall their conversation. Yeah, but I don't think I ever figured out what it was. Oh, no. I should think it would be obvious. Do you not have something with you that is mine? Cass hesitated, perplexed. Then, Oh, you mean the monocle? The double monocle, yes. For years it has been out of my hands and away from my eye. Fumbling, Cass brought the monocle out of her pocket and handed it to the seer. Cass couldn't help but seeing a pang of regret. The monocle had been her primary link to the past, but if giving up the monocle was the price of restoring her memory, she would gladly pay. The seer put the monocle to her right eye and peered at Cass. Then the seer looked beyond Cass, seemingly into the distant time or place invisible to the naked eye. She appeared to be testing the focus, as one would with a binocular or a zoom lens. Ah, much better, she said. Thank you, lowering the monocle. You're welcome. "'But I thought that you meant returning something "'that I had already took,' said Cass. "'Sorting through her still disjointed memories, "'When you read my cards before, "'I didn't even have the monocle yet, right? "'How could I return it?' "'A hint of smile crossed the seer's lip. "'Yes, the cards work in mysterious ways, don't they?' "'She passed her hand over the other card "'and it flipped over in the air, "'then settled back down like an autumn leaf. "'Did you ever find the jester?' "'Yeah, I think so, at least,' i'm pretty sure we we're in a dungeon together the seer nodded he may need finding again look this time who is upside down so pointed to the last card that turned face up it was a jester but the card so closely resembled cass's jester but the jester he was facing cass instead of the card reader upside down in the tarot terms cass frowned you're not saying that i'm supposed to go back in time again are you the seer shook her head i wouldn't advise it you have spent too much time out of your time already "'It has changed you.' "'I could see it right away.' "'Changed me? How?' said Cass, alarmed. "'Are you not seeing things yourself now?' "'Like what? What things?' "'Things you didn't see before.' "'No. I mean, why? Should I be seeing things?' "'If only there are things to see.' "'Are there things to see?' Cass asked, growing nervous. "'There are always things to see. "'Just not always to those marbles you call eyes.' "'With what, then?' Have you heard of the inner eye, the third eye? Yeah, I guess, but I never really believed in it. A tiny housefly has hundreds of eyes. Why should it be so hard to believe that you have three? Are you saying I'm a... Cass stumbled over the word seer like you? Perhaps so much not like me, but we are both called Cassandra, aren't we? Cass nodded hesitantly. And so your secret, did you find that? No, at least I don't think so. No, wait, that's it. That's why I remembered the lodestones. exclaimed Cass, almost jumping off of her stool in excitement, the lodestones hanging over Mrs. Johnson's neck. The jester said that he would leave it under... leave the secret under it. Or, like, a message about the secret. Oh, oh, queried the seer mildly. The secret must have a very short... be very short if it can be written under such a small stone. So then you don't know whether I'm right about Miss Johnson's necklace? asked Cass, a little frustrated that her rev- revelation hadn't been greeted with more enthusiasm? I can only tell you what the cards tell me. The seer flipped the next card over with a breezy wave. On the face of the card, a robbed man held out his wand aloft in his right hand while pointing it down to his left, the magician. Remember, as above, so below. I remember, but what does it mean? It depends on what above and what is below, naturally. Based on the previous experiences with the seer, Cass had expected the seer to lay out several more cards, but it appeared from the way that the seer folded her hands that she considered reading the reading finished. Okay, then thanks, I guess. Cass stood up, unsatisfied, she guesses but thanks, anxious guess. to tell her friends the news. Max, oh. Ernest, and Yo-Yoji were waiting impatiently outside of the tent. Before you could you. say a word, Cass launched into a breathless account her adventures with the jester, almost all of which she now remembered, ending with the jester's promise to hide a message about the secret under the lodestone. The thing is, I don't know if I, if he ever even found the secret. He didn't even. He hadn't even heard of it until I told him about it. The other two Turkish members <laughs> stared at her in disbelief. How could he not heard of it? Asked yo He practically is the one who ever knew it. The only one who ever knew it. I know. I couldn't believe it either. But the worst thing was that the Lord Pharaoh already knew about the secret, and that's what the homunculus told me. So I made the jester promise to find, out, to find it before Lord Pharaoh did. You you made him? Max Ernest stammered. Wait, you, you didn't meet Lord Pharaoh, did you? asked Yuyoji, stammering as well. Cass nodded, seeing again the dark green reptilian eye magnified in the double monocle. Yeah, it was pretty scary. Her friends shook their head in amazement, unable to hide how impressed they were to hear Cass now speak in such a familiar way about the Jester and Lord Pharaoh, the Turkish Society's legendary hero and legendary villain, respectively. Well, logically, the Jester must have found the secret eventually, said Max Ernest, recovering. He did start the Turkish Society, didn't he? And do you think that that rock around miss johnson's neck the jester's lodestone is the jester's lodestone asked you yoji nodded Uh uh-huh well carved up but it's it's but from the same rock i know it sounds crazy like how did she get it but it looks exactly like the one that i saw in the monocle maybe it's not so crazy said max Ernest. miss johnson said the lodestone came from the same witchy aunt of hers as the tuning fork wait wasn't her name Clara, asked Cass, nodding, noting silently that the name was the same name as the seer. Yeah, that's the one. How about that? So, so if, okay, so that means if we want to see the lodestone up close, we have to get it from, oh man, Yo-Yoji groaned. The other nodded gloomily. in agreement place again, they were going to have to retrieve the precious heirloom from their principal. That's it; it's over. This time, we will be expelled. We'll be sent straight to juvenile hall. Declared Max Ernest. I almost wish you never went to talk that mannequin. What mannequin? Asked Cass. Ah, uh, the one in the tent you've been in for but the last twenty minutes. You must have fed it a lot of quarters. What do you mean? Cass's ears began to tingle with panic. There's no man. Wait a second. I think I forgot something. She turned back and ran into the tent, throwing. Aside the striped curtains, sure enough, sitting behind the window in a small booth, where moments ago sh- she'd been, she'd seen the seer or thought she'd seen the seer. There were now a mannequin, more accurately, an automaton. So you know, like the one in Disneyland where you plug it in. What the a heck? robot fortune teller in a red velvet turban. Remember, she said you see things that the normal eye doesn't see. And she said, are there things to see? And she's like, I don't know, are there things to see? The kind that hands out little cards and says things like, "'You will live a long, prosperous life, or you will have many children.'" Other than Cass, the only living thing in the tent that flew by was a fly buzzing around and a dusty shaft shaft of sunlight. Not even three stumps were there. Cass stared at the booth, shaken. It was true. She was seeing things and hearing them, too. She looked down, expecting to see the monocle on the ground, but it wasn't there either. "'Strange.'" By now, she was so unsettled, so insecure about her, her perceptions that she couldn't be certain she had left the monocle someplace else either. Or perhaps she'd never had it at all, and she'd just imagined the monocle as she'd imagined the seer. Distraught, Cass was about to exit and noticed a coin slot next to the fortune teller's hand. It read 25 cents on impulse. Cass dropped a quarter into the slot. The carnival-style light that circled the booth started to flash, and the robot fortune teller nodded jerkily. "'Greetings, traveler. Traveler, Clara the Clairvoyant, see us all,' said a recorded voice that sounded nothing like the seers. "'Ask your question, then read your future.'" Cass looked over her shoulder to make sure that she was still alone, and then she whispered, "'What? Was what I just saw real? Was Cassandra really here?' the bell rang and a small card appeared in the fortune teller's hand gears grinding and the fortune lowered her mechanical arm dropping the card into the dish below the bottom of the opening of the window what am i expecting Cass asked herself as she took the card it's probably just going to tell me my lucky number or something she turned it over and read she turned the card over as above so below it read that's what the lady told her as above so below Cass was so startled that she almost dropped the card. That's when she saw the fortune tellers was what the fortune teller was wearing. The monocle magnified in the automation's pale blue eye the same way the seer had seers. Only the automation's eye was marble. Oh, remember she said what you, those marbles you call eyes. So she was here you are here Cass whispered the fortune teller's bell rang as Cass watched the fortune teller lower the monocle and dropped it into the dish reserved for the fortune telling cards "You want me to take that back?" asked Cass stammered the bell rang and the fortune teller dropped another card into the dish of the monocle "You have a gift you will have need of it" She gave her back the monocle Cass blinked unsure whether the message was on it was on was an answer did that mean the monocle was a gift, or was it a reference to the second sight? Again, the bell rang, and the fortune teller dropped a card. You are haunted by the past. Do you mean haunted, haunted, Cass asked, or just like worried about the past? The bell rang again. Again a card. As before, so now. Thoroughly mystified, Cass waited for another card to drop, but none appeared. She pulled the first card out of her pocket and placed it on top of the others. Your lucky number is seven. Now It now read... It didn't say that before it changed. Cass walked out, clutching the monocle tight in her hand, wondering if it was... What? If this is what it was like to be crazy. Inside the tent, the fly continued to buzz. Then Cass emerged from the fortune teller's tent the second time. Max Ernest was standing alone. What happened to yo Yoji? She blinked in the sunlight. He went to go sign up for a joust. You mean like to be in it? That's crazy. How else we supposed to get close enough to Miss Johnson? She's been surrounded by Amber and Veronica all day. Plus, the secretary lady. I can't believe that they would let Yo-Yoji sign up. I thought kids weren't allowed. We're not. That's the beauty of it. If he wins, he gets knighted by the queen. If he gets caught, he gets sent to the principals. If he sees Miss Johnson, he sees Miss Johnson either way. Win-win. How about that? How about that? Cass didn't like the plan. Most mostly I suspect because it concocted in her absence because it was concocted in her absence. But she hadn't she didn't have an alternative plan to offer. By the way, said Max Ernest, lowering his voice, I figured out about the warning that Pietro sent me. What you said before about Lord Pharaoh and the secret, it reminded me. Yeah, what? said Cass, still focused on the joust. Well, I got this note. It was a code that said for Lord Pharaoh lives Cass snapped his attention. Did you just see Lord Pharaoh lives? Uh-huh. I thought it was from the Midnight Sun, you know, kind of a taunt, but now I think it was Pietro must have written it. I just can't figure out why. Well, it could be true, Cass said slowly. Did you think of that? True that Lord Pharaoh is alive, but he would have—he would be like 500 years old, Max scoffed. Besides, didn't Mr. Cabbage Face say he ate him? We even saw Lord Pharaoh's grave. You're right. It was a crazy idea. Cass shivered. A horrible, horrible thought had occurred to her, but she pushed it away. The important thing was to get her hands on the lodestone and to learn the secret. My gosh. I hope that they find the secret. Don't you? My gosh. All right. One more chapter? Yes or no? I can't hear you. Mom, I'm nodding my head. Okay. One more chapter.